Hey guys, this is Liz Cambay. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation listeners, what's up, everybody? Kyle Haywood here with guys, just some exciting news. Uh, I am joined tonight by my good friend, Steve Schwartzman. How's it going, Steve? Hey, hey, hello. I'm so excited that, that we're talking about this. Just, that's all <laughs> just, I have to say. I, so, just the so premise, excited. just the premise of this announcement is exciting like it's just uh, oh like and again there's a lot of you know i's to be dotted and t's to be crossed before we it's yeah really get everything like ready to go but it looks like we are looks like we might just have a 2020 WNBA season steve just when you thought it couldn't be done right i i think Obviously, this has been speculated for, uh, you know, around a week or so as we're recording this, but just to have it official in ink from the WNBA account on the WNBA website, this is the plan, this is happening. Uh, it was just a good, it was a good feeling in a time when good feelings are not common, like just, they're not plentiful. So it's good mm-hmm. news for sure. Absolutely. And yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting that there's, just an opportunity, you know, that, that we might have some basketball. Now there's a lot of elements to this and I want, I want to address those, you know, as, as we, as we get to it, but before we hop into it, for those of you who haven't actually had taken a chance to read through and see some of the basics of the announcement, let me just give you the reader's digest version. Okay. Uh, so it starts off in, by saying, after significant discussions with the league's key stakeholders, including the Women's National Basketball Players Association, the WNBA today announced elements of, plan, elements of plans to return to the court beginning to begin the WNBA 2020 season. Um, we'll, uh, basically, it would take place at IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. Um, they'll have a competitive schedule of 22 regular season games followed by a traditional playoff format. Um, IMG Academy will house each of the league's 12 teams, serve as a single site for training camp, games, and housing. Obviously, there's a lot of other elements that they're working through, you know, working with public health experts, uh, making sure that there's appropriate guidelines and, and, and stuff put in place. You know, they've got uh, necessary protocols ready to go. Um, but it's a, it's a fluid situation, but it's just exciting that they have enough, uh, they have enough planned right now that they felt they could make an actual announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just, that's, that's exciting. So Steve, when you, let me just, I want to hear your like initial reactions when you kind of saw that there was like something official had come out, what was your initial thought to all of this? My thing was, um, and this has really been a discussion with with just a lot of leagues in this return case is I feel like as a society, we're so hungry for sports right now that it's been important to stop and consider, is this the right move? Is this the time for us to start delving back into this? Because on top of, you know, this all started because of the virus, but so much more has come to the the current zeitgeist 
that we need to focus on with, you know, so many efforts to combat police brutality and racial injustice and just all these things in between. I would say that I, I was trepidatious when this got announced earlier, at least when like proposals were leaking through different media outlets where it looked like players may only get, I believe what I saw was like 60% prorated mm-hmm. amount for their pay. Now that we're seeing they're going to have guaranteed contracts that have 100% for their pay. Um, you know, they'll have those needs taken care of. They can have caretakers with their family. The, that side of it, I thought was really good. Like I wanted to make sure having games is fantastic. The location I think is, is a good location, but you know, that's stuff that will make work either way. My big question was, is this plan well thought out to where we know the players are safe to where we know they're taken care of, that they're getting their proper compensation. That was important because at that point it goes, we can't just have this for the sake to have it. I feel like how it's laid out right now feels that way. I think the 22 regular game, regular season structure makes a lot of sense. Essentially means that every team will play each other twice. uh, And then we'll roll into the playoffs from there. So I think that system obviously makes a lot of sense. You and I have already dug deep into much photo research of the IMG Academy. Yes. And it feels up to snuff. So I initially, I, I had the same reaction as, as you, Steve. You mentioned you're like Bradenton, Florida. Yeah. What, what's wait, that? What is this? What are we, what is this hat? Where are we going? Cause yeah, like, you know, NBA had looked at, you know, Disney world and, you know, places like that working with Disney. Yeah. And, uh, and we're like Bradenton, like what, what? But the more I've looked into it, the more I think that this is, uh, I think that this might be a more feasible and safe environment for the players than just about anywhere else. Um, yeah, I think it's a great, I think it's a great option. Now that's not to say that a lot of players, I, I do believe that there's going to be a significant amount of players who decide not to participate this year. And I think that it's going to be a, I feel like this year might have a big asterisk next to it as far as, yeah. you know, placements and, champions and or whatever we'll, we'll end up seeing. And I, but let's, yeah, I think this is one of those cases that you can't really be too low on that. Right. Because no. I think it's clear that that asterisk is, is clear that, listen, there were inclement situations, you know, that led to this, whether it's, you know, a pandemic or a lockout or cheating your way through the 2017 world series. Like there's several different <laughs> methods those come up. And I, th- like, I think that that's something that'll need to be known, but I think, you know, one element to this location difference that makes sense as we tying back into that um, with the MNBA's plan, something that had come up is that it really felt like their structure at the wide world of sports complex in Disney and Orlando. A lot of it's felt foolproof. I think the one thing that really started to kick it off, because obviously right now it feels like that's still going to be the plan over in that league, but obviously there's a lot of questions coming up. A lot of players are voicing concerns and something that I felt really kicked it off was uh, news had leaked out that Disney employees who were helping support the MNBA season um, would have the ability to basically like, leave the area and come back as they please. Cause obviously they're not tied under the same parameters. And obviously at that point, your bubble bursts. It stops being a bubble when you have people that can regularly pop in and out. That's a high case for concern. Mm-hmm. I think there's reason enough people to say, well, okay, well now how do we even know we're going to be safe on top of the fact that 
you know, we, a lot of us want to be in our markets or our hometowns to support, you know, this Black Lives Matter movement and, and, you know, continue to make those efforts on a local scale. I think a lot of those questions became normal. And this to me is why the guaranteed pay structure was so vitally important because at this point, something we have to expect right now or accept right now before we move into anything, if any player makes the decision to not play out this season, that is their choice. And we accept that choice and we absolutely wish them the best. And we move forward at mm -hmm. no point. And I, and maybe I'm not, maybe I'm preaching to the choir here because, you know, often the WNBA community isn't the type of community that does stuff like this. But I don't need to hear anything about players who are soft or players who aren't dedicated or players who don't want to get out there and play or players who are distracted, you know, or anything like that. I don't want any of that stupid first take narrative stuff. Um, this is something that every last player is going to have to make a, a very important and very well thought out decision, whether or not this is something worth pursuing. And if the NWSL challenge cup has showed us much, there's a really good chance. We're going to not see a lot of our high profile players in the NWSL challenge cup. There's a good chance little to no WNT players are going to be playing in that tournament. A lot of them have already spoke up on concerns and will be backing out for very valid reasons. I think this is another similar scenario where you may see a lot of, uh, you know, high level players. It's hard to tell, you know, where that structure goes. I, you know, one name that kind of comes to mind for me is, is Bree Stewart, right? Mm -hmm. Just coming off of an injury, trying to get myself right. Do I go into this rushed season, a very highly compressed season, 22 games in a playoffs in a matter of months. Do I try to make that happen? And, and hope that everything goes well and that I don't re-aggravate a, a terrible injury? Or do I spend my time back at, you know, back in my hometown or preparing to play overseas and have more time to get myself right so that when things are helping and things are opening up, I can go into the 2021 season stronger than ever. Um, obviously, Sue Bird's another con you know concern considering Megan Rapinoe more than not won't be playing in the NWSL challenge cup. So, you know, is there going to be a similarity? Are they standing on the same front within that relationship? I'm not just calling out storm players, by the way, those are just the ones that are coming to mind. <laughs> well, yeah, and then Alicia sure. Clark, and you know, it's you, know, and then you know, <laughs> what Jordan Canada, and then, you know, we'll just go up the whole roster, but obviously there's going to be those cases. I think, um, you know, Elena Deladon is one that had come to mind too. Obviously, She's very close with her family and is supporting her sister. Obviously, she's going to be in a bubble scenario, so during the season she'll be gone. But is the idea of having this extended quarantine after this season away from family going to be a deal breaker? Natasha Cloud has obviously been a huge voice for advocacy and those efforts. There's just a lot of reasons why why this could back out. I think you could list a lot of them. But I think the press needs to to be set right away is we have to be prepared to accept any, any of those decisions. It is completely on them and it is their right. And if that does happen, hopefully it opens up some level of opportunity for undrafted players or the like to, to get some opportunity. We'll have to see, but yeah, that was a long diatribe, but yeah, no. And that's, that kind of brings up the, you, you hit, you touched on a lot of points that I'm glad, I'm glad were brought up. It kind of, makes me wonder what rosters are going to look like 
Yeah. And that maybe our preseason predictions are going to be drastically different as we start to see over the next couple of weeks which players decide to join and which oh, yeah. players decide to uh to to not uh you know go down to Florida and and play down there. I mean, you might see a Dallas Wings team who, you know, according to Greg Bibb, uh basically was like we're we're going to try and figure out our our future. You know, they're not looking to make a a run at the finals this year. They're looking to secure their core. Well, if all of those players now all of a sudden decide that hey, you know, this is where uh, this is where I'm going to, you know, make my name mm-hmm. and, and, you know, really are coming in strong. Like Dallas might be a team to watch all of a sudden down in Florida. Like the, it's, it's a, there's going to be a huge shift, I think, and, and a bunch of shuffling around. Um, and, uh, and you know what? Cool. Like I'm actually super down for that. I think that it's going to be or, a lot of fun to kind of see yeah. what comes what comes out of this. Or does this open up a chance for a Sabrina and Escu to further establish this legendary rookie status? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. The door might be even more open to make an early impact, or even no, you know, Sobley's another one that comes to mind with that. I know it sounds like Lauren Cox may have some immunocompromising scenarios. So mm-hmm. hopefully she would, she'd be able to play. But if not, I think it's understandable why, you know, but yeah, like you said, I think the door's wide open. I think another thing that ties into that is 22 games is so much less than 36. Yes. Like it's drastically less um, where a few games like here and there makes such a huge, like you know, two to three games, you know, if you have could a, be three or could be five or six spots three, in the standings, a three game losing skid. If you know, the mystics go stale over a three game system, they could be at the bottom end of the standings. I mean, it's something that could really swing <laughs> yeah. things pretty heavily. It's think about yep. 20 games into a regular WNBA season, how tight that race is. It often takes, I'd say late to, and I know that, Sounds weird because then you only have six or eight games left, but often it's those last like eight games or so in a season until you really start to see a lot of the standings solidify. You really mm-hmm. start to like <clears throat> the actual seedings take place. It could be a real dogfight across all teams, uh, at least, you know, 10 of the 12 moving into that system, which a, which I think would, you know, obviously is going to make things fun to a certain level. But on the other end, where I guess. Uh, what's the question I'm trying to ask? You know, it, I, I think it's it's going to add a lot of that intrigue. And like you said, I think a lot of teams have those opportunities. A question I do have, though, they were very particular at calling it a traditional playoff format. Mm-hmm. They didn't technically, and maybe I didn't see this answer anywhere else, they didn't technically answer what that meant. I, I'm assuming it means <laughs> eight seeds, one through eight, you know, three rounds, you know what you would yeah, see in playoffs. Similar, are they yeah. are they stepping away from their their and you know their usual playoff format and doing something that's more common, or does traditional is just saying like we're not like doing like a World Cup tournament style. We're just doing a, a playoffs. Um, yeah, it may, that's, yeah. I had the same thought because it says twenty two regular seasons games followed by a traditional playoff format. They didn't say by our traditional playoff format. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah, like maybe it's a one one versus eight scenario rather than 
you know, uh, having the one and two seats get a two round buy yeah. basically. Yeah. And is, if it's one cent or is it one and done in the first couple rounds? Are you doing best of threes, best of fives? Um, you know, what's, what's that going to look like? I think there's a lot to be obviously intrigued about it's, it should be, um, interesting. So I'm interested to see how obviously that's going to pan out. Um, you know, scheduling's going to play a big tone there. And other than that, yeah, I mean, I'm excited about it. Uh, we've talked about, I talked with you about some concerns with the location. I don't think there's anything too heavily in play, but yeah. I, yeah. No. And as, as we've looked at the location more and more, I think the one, the one still concern that I have with the location is the broadcast ability. Yes. Um, if you look at the the basketball facility that they have, it looks like a lot of the times the filming is done basically on like uh like scaffolding, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they just put up, you know, they have some scaffolding that they put up. They have very minimal bleachers. So what the angle of the court's going to look like, what and again, this sounds like <laughs> first world problems, you know, something to be very picky about when obviously the world's facing a lot of other uh, yeah. Much more large, but you're listening to a WNBA podcast, so you, we're going to break this yeah. down. Um, <laughs> but you know, like the how how's the video going to play out? How is yeah? You know what's what's the sound going to be like? Is it going to sound like the empty gym? Are you going to be able to hear the players super clean? Are they going to be miking the floor? Are they going to keep that minimal? Are they going to like the broadcast side of it? I think is going to be really interesting. Um, but the facility in general, as far as if I was a player, I'd be pretty excited about the facility as an option. Yeah, I think that for sure. it, 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 you know, it, weight rooms, medical, and uh, you know, uh, rehabilitation uh, facilities. Uh, you know, you've got pools. You've got like they've got everything that you need to get, you know, uh, to get warmed up, to get in shape, to get. Mm-hmm you know, everything checked out, uh, you know, medically, all of that is right there on their campus. They've got, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, some recreational type stuff that the players can, can do, you know, when they're not playing games and when they're not practicing, like, I think it's a great option. The more that we've looked into it. Um, I just wonder what it's going to, yeah, that's my biggest question mark is the broadcast element of it and what, what, how that's going to, how this going to appear, you know, uh, yeah. as it's being broadcast on ESPN or ABC or whatever it ends up being broadcast on. Yeah. And I know you would comment, like you had said, commenting on maybe it sounds petty to have that argument, but I think one thing that we've constantly talked about when it comes to the WNBA viewing experience is legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talk about with home courts, why it's important to have, you know, a home court that isn't just like a college's, logo because you have to play at a college gym or something like that. I think angle makes a lot of sense because there's definitely a very certain press angle that we're used to seeing when we're watching live basketball. I want to make sure we can maintain that as much as possible. So how often is the IMG Academy equipped for, for that type of filming? I think that makes a lot of sense. How well is the infrastructure internet wise that they can easily broadcast things live? It sounds like games are going to be broadcast primarily on CBS sports network. So, you know, are we able to do that pretty seamlessly um, you know, what's the level of ability that will come there? I think all of that makes a lot of sense. 
Um, right. I don't, I, again, this is one that sounds petty, but when I heard the first proposal, it was a concern to me. Are players still going to be served sack lunches? Because, you know, it, yeah. was, it was brought up by, uh, brought up on Twitter that that apparently was potentially part of, of the plan that was proposed about a week ago before this new current plan came in. Is that something that players are going to be expecting? Because quite honestly, I wouldn't go in that type of a scenario. And I <laughs> yeah. know that might sound a little entitled, but I mean, for goodness sake, what what do you think the MNBA players are going to be getting served? Uh, yeah. You know, it'll be a car- catering and yeah. Yeah, it'll be a carte blanche catering experience. So you want to make sure that these, these people are taken care of. And not just the players, but a lot of them are going to have family or at least caretakers or someone in, you know, appropriately in that type of scenario, you want to make sure these people are taken care of. You're asking them to stay within a mile by mile facility for a couple of months. So you have to accommodate for them. Well, so they don't go stir crazy. And that honestly, that type of stuff is important to me. And I, and I hope that that, you know, gets addressed pretty well. Um, I will say I am excited to see a, how this will pan out on, a, you know, having the single location motif. I'm interested to see what the type of atmosphere is because you have an opportunity where if you allow even small spectators, you basically are going to have a pool of WNBA players reacting to WNBA games. And I think that's kind of a cool, unique experience that we might be able to have. Um, yeah. I know they probably won't have some sort of all-star structure, but I almost kind of wish they would. <laughs> Even if it was just like, like, can we get live feed to pick up games? Because like, what happens <laughs> when players from all kinds of teams want to take the court and just have a fun pickup game? Like, it would be fun to watch that amalgamation happen because you'll have a lot of opportunities for that that wouldn't be available anywhere else. I mean, really, this is uh, Kathy Engelbert in her interview on ESPN's uh, Return to Sports special. She talked about this is really the first time that the entire league, every player in the league, at least who has decided to come and play, will be in in one one place place at one time. I mean, this is a cool, unique opportunity, and that speaks for their ability to to kind of throw that together if they wanted to. And, of course, the other side of it is advocacy, is coming together to make efforts, um, you know, primarily for the Black Lives Matter movement and any of the you know, any efforts regarding uh, the need for racial equality and to combat police brutality, civil rights, all of that. Yeah. Right. And it sounds like that's definitely embedded into this plan. They want that to be a very heavy part. And a a lot of players have spoken up for the important need for that. I'm intrigued to see what, what goes through there. I know that when the WNBA previously, especially, uh, you know, with Kathy Engelbert's eye, when they have made these type of intrinsic, gestures they've often been very tasteful and they've often been very you know you know well aimed and and well performed and so i would expect that that whatever they would want to coordinate for that would be uh, you know on the money with what they need to do and so i'm intrigued to see where they put that together so i think that there's a lot of interest that can come out of that i would hope that they at least have a film crew that's pretty much following everyone around at all time i mean this could end up being just a fun kind of almost documentary series type of experience absolutely this is a scenario we may never see again or at least for a really long time yeah i think it'd be a really cool opportunity to get to see i think there's a lot of things that will be obviously firsts 
that, you know, we may not have ever had an opportunity to see had not this situation arose. So, uh, trying to make the best of a, of a rough situation, obviously WNBA is still wanting to, uh, provide some entertainment for us. Uh, we will be covering as much of this as possible. If you want to stay up to date with the, the quickest information on this, we encourage you to go ahead, hop on Twitter. Yes. Uh, if you don't have a Twitter yet and you're listening to the show, here's our official invitation to you to join Twitter. And you don't have to do a whole lot, yeah. but follow so you're going to want to go to accounts on there. Slash slash colon www.twitter.com. AOL keyword Twitter. Um, <laughs> and you can head there. And it's a really fun, uh, you know, let's call it a website. And, uh, you know, you can type things and see things. And it's just, it's great. It's a good experience. We have a good time. We have a good time. <laughs> So if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at WNBA Nation Pod. You can find us there. We'll be trying to retweet out and tweet out any other um, news as it arises. We'll be trying to cover this as close yes. as possible. We may have a few of these kind of quick hop-on reaction type episodes as things uh, come along. We're still trying to find out what is best coverage-wise. We're excited because this will hopefully make our coverage of the league a little more clear for us. We've been messaging each other a lot saying, uh, should we do this kind of an episode? Should we do this kind of an episode? Um, and, uh, and, and so this will, we're, we're excited about it as far as on yes. the coverage side of things. Um, but Steve, where else can, uh, any other ways that they can interact with us, uh, before we, yeah, we absolutely. Wrap it up? of course you can find the podcast pretty much wherever your podcasts are found. I always want to say sold, but wherever they're found, uh, if <laughs> it's you free, us you can listen to us for free You're on welcome. Apple podcasts or anywhere else that has a reviewer rating system. We definitely would love any comments on what you like about the show, what you, what you'd love to see out of the show. Uh, and of course a five-star rating really helps us get out to a lot more people through their algorithm site guys. So we would absolutely um, love that, that piece of knowledge. Um, if you're looking to, if you're looking to get or, or just excited to get into the NWSL challenge cup kicking off next week, um, you can stay tuned on this feed as well as on our sister show feed, MWSL nation, myself and co-host Mike McPhee have been getting ourselves prepared and previewed for the NWSL challenge cup. So if you're new to, uh, that league or that sport, or just excited to see some more soccer. That's a good place to check that out. Uh, of course, you've got our store envy page and our Patreon. Um, if you're looking to support the program there and, um, you know, of course, donations toward the Patreon go directly toward helping us create a, a quality product for you guys and to, to make better advancements for the show and for the program there. We've got some really cool kickbacks. Uh, we've had some really uh, awesome new patrons. Um, I unfortunately forgot to pull up the the patreon but in a moment kyle got it right here shout out some uh <laughs> some new names uh yeah absolutely let's actually go ahead and do that let's let's shout out some new patrons we're really excited for the support that everyone's given and we uh we're excited to see what we can do to you know helps uh help continue to to grow the show for each and every one of you but yeah kyle let's hear it yeah yeah so we've we've had a couple uh since we revamped uh uh, Ellen Martell, we want to give you a shout out. Jason White, big time signing up as an all star. Uh, Melissa Gold, uh, Hugh Hopkins and John Luchetti, big time, uh, you know, stepping up big time, uh, becoming some of our, our top tier, uh, uh, people there. And then Lauren Rosenberg as well. 
um, joining us as a, as a patron. We just want to say thank you to those of you who have joined recently. Um, just in the last couple of weeks, we appreciate that big time. Uh, and you will be getting your kickbacks here very soon. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I've actually been moving over the last like two weeks into <laughs> a, a new place. Uh, and with COVID going on, that's been interesting. So now that we're a little more established, this is actually my first time recording in this new house that I'm living in. Um, so if it's a little echoey, it's cause I don't have anything up on the walls yet, but, uh, yeah, you'll be getting your, some kickbacks here pretty soon. We're excited again. Thank you. Thank you to all of our patrons for doing, Absolutely. uh, for, for all that you do and all your support. Yeah. And if I could just make, uh, I guess one more, uh, unofficial plug, I, you know, a, a bit of a switch turn. Do you want to say, you know, if, you know, if you're, if you're looking to, support uh you know the program that's obviously fantastic and we'd love anything there uh, we would say uh, even if you don't support the program we definitely would encourage you to continue to support the black lives matter movement wherever you can and i just want to take a second to promote um where i like to go to kind of figure out ways that you can support um the the movement for civil rights and racial equality wherever you can a uh, black lives matters.card.co that's card with two r's uh, fantastic database was put together. It really gives a lot of different opportunities for petitions. You can sign places. You can text and call, uh, donations. You can give, uh, voter information, additional resources, uh, donations, you know, places you can give specific funds, whether it's for, you know, victims of police brutality and their families or different organizations, uh, that are heading up, you know, different needs and structures, uh, and also places where you can donate without pay. There are several different, Places where you can watch videos, where you can shop, go to different websites through UTM links um, that provide AdSense money to organizations that have pledged to dedicate that money specifically to these um, uh, different organizations, resources, and um, opportunities for the black community. Also gives some lists of different businesses and organizations that are, you know, black owned and structured that you can support as well there. Um, you know, this may be something you've definitely heard of, but we just want to take the opportunity to to put that out as well from our end. Um, you know, even if you, you're not looking to support the show right now, we definitely would hope you would find a way to support the community in that way. I know this is definitely something that's, um, a high focus right now, but the truth of it is, this is going to be a high focus for a very long time. And, you know, the more that we continue to speak up and, and be a voice for this. And many of us take the time to continue to listen and learn and, and make those efforts and, and come together and have these conversations hopefully we'll see some some well embedded and proper change at least come november but in case you need to know where i stand on that front but um just thought i'd call it out and i think the last thing kyle if you don't mind is is calling out i'm i'm gonna call out uh our i'm not even gonna predict I, i'm just gonna go ahead and call out the 2020 mvp right away like we don't have to do predictions on the season okay um but i'm just in lieu to this I'm just going to go and say it right now, because I don't know. The one question I have about the season is we were not sure how, like, award structure is going to work. Are they going to have season MVPs, season defensive coach of the year? Like, how's that going to work? Um, right. I just want to say really quick, the 2020 WNBA MVP is Maya Moore. Hey, yeah, absolutely. She's not going to play a single game of basketball. It doesn't matter. She's, she's in my opinion, the MVP for – everything she's done. And, and I know there've been some really good write-ups about her that have highlighted reasons why she stepped away from the game for the time that she has and what that experience has been like. 
and that story is not being shared nearly enough. Um, and we've talked about it before on the show, and obviously it's something that many in the WNBA community are, are, are very proud to share in Herald. But I just want to say that out loud. If, if uh, we end up not having an award structure, I think we will have an MVP, and the MVP is my more. Love it, dude. Okay. Uh, thank you all again for tuning in. Uh, appreciate all of you for, for hitting us up, for engaging with us on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, on Patreon, yes. uh, for listening to the show. Uh, we oh. love, love, uh, hearing from you guys. What? Yes. Sorry. W history. Uh, we're, we're still working on some, some ideas for additional W history story arcs and series. Uh, we've heard some fantastic feedback on, uh, the History of Houston Comet series, uh, three-part that. Check out the feed if you want to look back on that. Uh, we did a three-part to kick off W History on on the Houston Comets. We loved that experience, um, except maybe Logan, who I dropped some bombshells on. But, th- you know, that happens. <laughs> but, um, we, I, think we definitely, get, I think he's going to recover, yeah. We definitely are going to be doing a lot more of that. We're hoping to 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 provide more of those ideas, but we need your help. Feel free to jump on Twitter. Of course, at WNBA nation pod, let us know any ideas that you have. Are there players, uh, different events, different teams, any other types of stories or memories, uh, from the history of the WNBA or women's basketball, college ball, whatever it be that you'd love for us to chronicle. We'd love to hear your ideas, uh, and get a chance to, to do some research and start putting those together. I know that we're still, deliberating what the the second rendition of that is going to be but hopefully we'll have some information for you soon sorry to cut you off Absolutely. I totally forgot about no that. no that's that's perfect uh so yeah uh again feel free to to, to check us out uh, on anywhere that you want to engage with us let us know what your predictions are um as far as this uh this upcoming season um, we'll see, man and hopefully we'll have a few more of these episodes like we said where we'll have a chance to you know, break down exactly what's what's happening as we find out which players uh, are are going to be uh, attending the season. I think will be very interesting. Um, but yeah, for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Steve Schwartzman, and we got you next time.